You know, I thought we'd start out tonight by being grateful. Uh, sometimes um, we forget to be grateful for what God's given us, and it's always good to write that down and uh, as a discipline. But I want to pray for us before we get started, and uh, I hope the Lord puts something on your heart that you'll thank Him for as, as we pray. So let's pray. Lord, thank you for these men. Oh, Lord, we... Some of us had long days, and I just pray we take a deep breath and settle in here. And Lord, we ask that your presence be here, that you speak to us. Lord, we're ever mindful of how blessed we are. So Lord, we don't take it for granted today. The, even the things that we wrote down, whatever that is, for, for some it was family, for some it was a wife, for our children. Maybe we were just thankful for our job, you know, that we had provision. Lord, I thank you that we have air to breathe. Lord, that we're alive, that we have a chance to live. So I pray you would renew us tonight, restore us. I pray that something tonight might encourage us. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I want to jump into this. I I told you last week that... uh, one of the things that we would do this week would be talk about fear and anger. And tonight I'm going to take you through a little process, but I wanted us to kind of jumpstart tonight with this second question of doing a little bit of table talk, okay? Uh, Talking about fear and anger. So they're going to pull up the slide. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to round your table, share a fear or a time in your life when you were fearful. All right. And then talk about what was your response to fear? Secondly, or pick something that makes you angry. You know, fear and anger sometimes are uh, quite often a lot of us deal with. And so, you know, what do you look like when you're angry? What is it that makes you angry? You know, a quick example of fear. When I was about 13, I went squirrel hunting. Uh, my, uh, My buddy, my best friend and I, and we jumped off in a hammock. He went one way, I went the other way. And uh, I grew up hunting and fishing, loved that. But that was kind of a big thing for us to go out by ourselves. And uh, it started getting dark. And to be honest with you, I was so focused on hunting, I got turned around. And as that sun started to go down, and I had no idea where I was at, I started running. And fear gripped me because I was lost. How many of you have ever been lost in the woods? Anybody? It's a, well, we need counseling, don't we? Okay. But I will tell you this. It was the last time that I was lost. Now, I've thought a couple of times. I don't know exactly where, but every time I go in the woods now, I know where I'm going. I learned something from that fear, but I remember I was fearful. So you can share an experience or something Uh, in your life what does fear look like what does it look like when you get angry all right be brief be bright and then move on especially you big tables over here okay all right go hate to cut some of you short but uh you know i think fear and anger are are things that uh, we can really relate to and they 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 deal with a lot of emotion you know and i think the past 18 months the pandemic uh, that we've been through 
you know, men have experienced a lot of different emotions. And some of the things we face, we don't really know how to handle. I've got a little slide here I want to show you, and it'll bring that up. That really explains a little bit, you know, why we put together this, this evening. And our heart really is to help you develop some skills for life. The disciplines that every man should have. But here's what happens. You know, when the challenge is small or when the skill is big, oftentimes in a man's life, boredom enters. Some of you it might be at a job where your skill, you, 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 you got it. You can really do it. And sometimes you might become bored and that's when the challenge becomes small. But sometimes your skill, it's like me getting lost. I suddenly realized I didn't know where I was at. I had no skill to get out of that situation. The only skill I had was what my dad told me, that, son, if you ever get lost in the woods, you know, when you go in, always find out where the sun is, sets the east or west. I didn't do that. But the other skill he gave me was, you should always go to the sound of cars. I just didn't realize this hammock I was in, we had a major highway coming this way and a major highway coming this way and intersected. And so I'd run this way when I'd hear a car a little bit and I'd run the way. So my skill was small. The challenge was big. Anxiety entered really quick. Same way, what we're after here is to help you develop skills that are equal to the challenges that we face so that we have a flow. You know, in the sports world, we call it the zone, that you're in the zone. The challenge may look big, but you're still in the zone. You're in the flow. And we have to work on our skill. Spiritual disciplines are skills. A lot of us during the pandemic ran in, we ran into a big challenge and we didn't know our skill didn't match this. It was, you know, I personally was one of these people that my skill, I had no skill to deal with the challenge that I faced. And I'll be honest with you, the first time in a long time, I started dealing with anxiety. Whereas before the pandemic, if you'd have talked to me about anxiety, I was like, you know, you just got to suck it up and get tough. But I promise you, I went through a period uh, last fall, last fall, where anxiety was a big part. I, I was like, where is this coming from? What is it? And really, I just, it was difficult to handle the challenge before because I didn't know what to do, and you had to figure out everything, refigure out everything. You face some of the same challenges that we face. So it led me to a point on my spiritual journey where I realized that my spiritual disciplines needed to change. And tonight I want to share with you a tool, and we've given you a handout. This is a copy of the journal I'm going to share with you tonight and tell you a little bit about my journey, not to bore you, not to, uh, but I, I did bring a few things here with me, and this is not to say I've, I definitely don't have it all together, but I am committed to journaling, and I just grabbed a few of my journals. This was back in uh, 2019, uh, a lot of my journaling, I was journaling one way, I, I would create one page for the week and write people I'd pray for and that kind of thing. Uh, I went through a, a, a lot of 
challenge in my life where I, and I got away, and I want to read you what I wrote as I left. Uh, Kim and I got away, went to Florida, we took care of her dad, and went over to the beach for a few days. And this is what I wrote in my journal as I was leaving. Lord, thank you for the time away. I've thought in the past several months way too much about church challenges and solutions to my own struggles mentally and emotionally, forgetting who you are and dwelling on men and issues. Um, I prayed you, you would receive me and I am starting to feel peace, your mercy, your love in a new way, a calling to press forward in a new way. And uh, I won't read all this, but it was a turning point for me when I left that I felt like I had started to change. So I decided, hey, I'm, I'm going to change some things in my spiritual rhythms. And you know, about every seven to ten years, you need to, uh, your, your, your rhythms change because your seasons of life change. I don't know what season you're in, uh, you know, but I've been in the season where the kids are small and high maintenance, and and uh, that's a busy season. That that's a, a a taxing season. I've been in when the kids are in sports and you run the taxi and you're trying to get off work just to go to the games and you spend the nights in the gym. I ate a lot of Sonic burgers. Okay, uh, I sat in a mini a gym. All my kids were athletes and. Uh, played and sports and uh, I know those are taxing days so whatever season you're in I'm in a season now where my kids are adult children it's a different season but uh, there's challenges with this season too and but I decided I was going to change some of my spiritual rhythms and you know the 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 spiritual journey you have to develop skills along the way different skills and so whatever season you're at, I'm going to introduce to you one of the ways. And through the years, my journaling has changed. But uh, this is one thing that I'm currently doing. This is, the, this is my current journal, but this is my third, third or fourth. But I started in October when I got back. And you have a copy of what that journal looks like on a daily basis. It's a 13-week I have copies of the journal back there. You're welcome to look at those if you're interested. But what we want to do tonight is talk a little bit about the journal, journaling, our prayer time, those spiritual disciplines that wrap around. Listen, I am not the teacher to teach you how to pray. I would not even try to do that because Brother Steve is the man, okay? I would encourage you, if you want to learn how to pray, Go to our website, watch Men of Memphis, Brother Steve's walking us through how to pray. And it's, it's really, really good. Last week was phenomenal. It gives you a road map. It gives you a pathway to pray. I'm going to introduce you to a tool and give you a little bit of challenge to change some of your spiritual uh, um, rhythms. And that's what I did. I changed my exercise rhythm. I changed my... Um, morning rhythm I, I carved out more time to spend because i needed to change something this journal helped me do that so that's what you have we have extra copies of the journal if you want to take two or three of these pages home and just try it you might say well you know i'd like to try that out you know a tool is only if it works for you it's good this is a simple tool i need something simple 
and I, 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 I was committed to it. Back, let's see, my first journal was this one. And there's a little place in the front. I'll, I'll read you. I'll give you a little snapshot on the inside. This, I mean, this is not something I... I do this, okay? And I'm just saying, if you don't journal, you should start. I haven't always journaled. I get in seasons where I go. My wife journals. She's the master, okay? She writes out everything. I, I won't even read her journal. I'm scared to read her journal, all right? But it says at the beginning, you know, why did you pick this journal up? I needed a fresh and different way to approach my relationship and uh, discipline in my walk. It's really, that's why I got it. I needed more discipline to be committed. Uh, you know, and, and it has some other questions. And uh, let's see, what, what's one? When I've worked to build this habit in the past, I've struggled because uh, it's too hard on myself. Sometimes I get too hard on myself. Uh, I said, staying with a new system. How many of you st have started systems and quit? Wow, yeah, I, I know. And then writing things down. You know, sometimes as men, you know, there's just some things I don't want to write down. I'm not a good writer, so it's it's kind of a struggle. But uh, I have journaled in the past that way. So here here's here's the deal. Next slide. There are no shortcuts to wholeness or holiness. Next thing, knowledge alone is not the same as understanding. It's just not. You can have the knowledge. But that does not mean that you understand. And the next slide is knowledge alone does not produce transformation. So I can give you all the tools. I can give you all the knowledge. But that's not what produces transformation. It's your commitment to that. It's kind of like what the old guy said. Information plus inspiration minus application equals frustration. But. Information plus inspiration plus application equals transformation. I read something in Atomic Habits. I'm a pretty big reader. It said, good intentions minus action equals squat. <laughs> when I read that, I was like, oh, that's really good. Because, you know, you can have all the good intentions in the world. You got no action behind it. That doesn't mean squat. It just doesn't mean squat. So, Hopefully tonight, maybe you'll be inspired to change a few things. And I think you got to get to this scripture to where you as men, you decide, all right? Are you willing to ask this? Search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me. Know my anxious thoughts. And see if there's any hurtful way in me and lead me into the everlasting way. You know, there, the thing that stood out to me as I studied this was the everlasting way. There's some things that don't last. But this is, we're, what we're talking about is the everlasting, the everlasting way. It is, it, it stands the test of time. So don't think you're wasting time. It's the everlasting way. This is, you know, when God searches you and tries you and, and, and some guys don't do it because we're just, we're, we're, we're scared. You know, we don't know what's around the next corner. Uh, so this is a tool. I just want you to just kind of use it tonight. And here's what we're going to do. Uh, I put on your table uh, Psalm 91. Uh, there's a little story on there on the back of it about a brigade, uh, the 91st Brigade, that took this psalm and they used it as a prayer and a shield for their life. 
They, had, they fought in some of the bloodiest battles and, and none of their people died as a result of the, the battle. On your card it says this, on, on, where it tells a little story. Prayer is the war. God's Word is the weapon. Part of the journaling is you've got to get in the Word of God. This little journal I have has a place up there where it says memorize or commit a, a, a verse to memory. I don't put myself in that bondage that I have to memorize that. But when God takes a scripture and speaks to me, I will write that down in the morning. Typically, just about every morning, I'll write a scripture because I'm in the scripture down that kind of jumped out and spoke. So here's what I want to do. Practical. I'm going to turn it back to your table. Somebody at the uh, pick up one of the cards. And if somebody, whoever the reader is, just read the scripture and you other guys listen and pick out. A verse, two verse, and then here's what I want you to do. As a discipline, write that verse down in that slot where it says memorize, okay? Just as a discipline. Listen, there's something powerful about listening to the Word of God and when God prompts you, just writing that down and then I want you to come back after you do that, take a few minutes and then come back and talk about that Scripture that jumped out at you. Okay? All right. Volunteer reader, go. You know, if you... Uh, I hate to stop. I, I know you could keep going, but we want to get through the rest of the equipping. You know, it's good to be in a place where you can share and talk to men. A lot of times as men, we don't get the opportunity to share i mean we're at work and you do work and th this is more of an intimate time but when we read scripture it becomes the most intimate thing because god can speak to you through scripture now if you come to my office uh, this psalm 91 is i have it up in my office uh, verse 2 uh, where it says he is my refuge and my fortress my God and who I trust. Now, I put that on my wall to remind me, okay? <laughs> I don't know about you. Some days I, you know, I have a few doubts and get discouraged and I just turn up and look at that wall and go, all right, I'm, I'm back. So who heard something at your table that you felt like the men needed to hear? And you can point somebody out, you know, ask them if there's somebody back there at your table, somebody, if there was somebody that said something good, you can call them out and I'm going to bring you the mic who said something good at your table that you think these guys need to hear? Come on, point somebody. Surely there's one good thing. Raphael's like, no, I don't want to do this, but okay, I, I'm good. No, actually, he shared something very, like I pick a verse about resting, but he picked one about the treading, uh, Open the lion and the cobra, right? So the reality is God wants us to be in the middle of the field, right? Not just being safe. Yes, he wants us to rest, but for the most part, he wants us to be out there and we're going to get mixed between cobras and lions and who knows what, right? But he's going to be there and he's going to, what is it, what is the word? And he will trample the great lion and the serpent, right? Amen. Amen. Anybody else? One more. All right, okay. Call him out. That's what you got to do. Because guys don't naturally share. I mean, Dan, come on. Give it up. 
You can do um, it. Uh, Talking in the mic, though. In verse 11, he'll command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. And then in verse 3, he says, uh, surely he will save you from the fowler's snare. Um, There could be things out there that uh, we could fall into, but the Lord protects us. His angels guard us. We don't even know it. We don't even see the trouble that uh, we could have fallen into uh, if he weren't, you know, guarding us uh, with sand upon us. Very good. One more. I'm going back to the stage. Table 17. That was the table. That's a good table. I was at, I was at your table last week. You guys had good stuff. You know, great word that God guards us even when you know, there's angels. You know, in the scripture, the Bible says that... Um, there's a scripture Brother Steve quoted that's really stuck with me about a month and a half ago or something. said that, uh, that, that, that God sent an angel to the garden to strengthen Christ during that in the Gethsemane. And, you know, I've thought about that. There's a whole angelic world, guys, that we don't ever even think about. There's thousands and thousands and myriads of angels that come to protect you even when you don't even see, and even when you don't even know. How many of you ever prayed for something that you're glad God didn't give it to you? Amen? Okay. All right. He knows. He's aware. And But um, the next thing I, I want to talk to you about prayer is prayer is the war, and Jesus expects us to pray. I think all of you know that, but over and over in Scripture, you keep hearing that Matthew 5, 6, and when you pray, Matthew 6, 6, but when you pray, these are words of Jesus now. These are just not scripture. It's the words of Jesus. Uh, Matthew 6, 9, pray then like this. Luke eleven nine. 9, uh, I tell you, ask, seek, knock. Uh, over and over in scripture, you see the reinforcement that, that, G, that God really expects us to pray. And, and my question is, you know, how are you praying? Are you praying? Do you check in? Or do you just check in when you need something? Or do you just check in and say, Lord, I'm here. But when we got things handled, prayer sometimes goes out the door. Next thing is, prayer is uh, prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is a dialogue. Okay? Just remember that. Prayer is not a monologue. How many of you... I find myself sometimes just, you know, and, and the reason this, this quote really got me, uh, his voice is more important than your voice. And sometimes when we have big needs, we go to God really quick. But I want to challenge you in your spiritual journey, work on your listening. That's been my big part of my journey is I'm working on my li- listening. I don't have any problem listing all the things that I need. Now, God wants us to come to us with his need. But I tell you, it's really powerful when you take the word of God and you start meditating on it. And suddenly you're hearing his voice more than your voice to him. Because why? His voice is much more important than your voice. All right. Table talk. Question. Next slide. Why is it so hard for people to be silent, focus, listen, 
to be still and stay still. Why is it so hard for you? You know, part of the spiritual journey is learning. To, we'll have a session on silence and solitude. But this is a real big challenge for us as men. Just take just a couple of minutes and then I'll come back. I'm not going to give you long on this, but, but why is that? Talk about the challenges. We know, I know, you live in a busy, busy world. Part of the sweetness of journaling in an area of like in this area where it says prayer. Now, that's a really small place for prayer. I've kind of changed the way that I, I don't write my prayers out, but I have I list names of people every day that I pray for. I just write their name down. I don't write exactly. Sometimes I might scribble a little small thing, but it helps me stay on task to pray. Not only I write my just about almost every day, I write every one of my kids' names down. If there's something going on, I'll just speak a prayer. I write my grandkids' name down. I write my wife's name down just about every day. Um, there might be a few days along the way uh, that I miss. You know, the, the thing you can't get, you cannot get in bondage to this, okay? It's, it's, it's not about clicking off every day. I've been, I've done that. Like, oh, I got to do this. And you just, it becomes rote. It becomes, your heart becomes hardened because you feel, I got to do this. No, you don't have to do this. But this is a tool to help you stay organized. How many of you know if you're going to, if you, if you go to work and don't have a plan, you, you got to have a strategy. You got to have a plan. You got to work your plan. This just helps keep me on track. I didn't plan this part, but I grabbed an old journal. I just threw it open. Okay. February the 3rd, uh, last year, 21. Here's what I prayed. Uh, let's see. I, my gratitude was thankful for the movement of the Spirit stirring within. Evidently, God was doing something in me. It was silent. I thanked Him for silence and solitude. And I thanked Him, you're a promise keeper. Your word. No, God's not a promise maker. He's a promise keeper. Okay. And I think I was praying for one of my sons here. I'm not going to share that. But some of the things that I was studying that day, I wrote in my journal over here on the other side. It says, the most urgent need in your life is to trust what you have received. I thought, man, that was really good. I remember writing that down. You know, I have received it. Now, do you trust it? Over this past two weeks, my phrases have been personal, abandoned, and absolute trust. Uh, just kind of dealing with it. Am I abandoning myself, my rights? You know, everybody now is what? Claiming their rights, right? Everybody wants their rights. Well, as a Christian, we abandon our rights and we put our absolute trust, not in ourselves, but in Him. Those are the things that, that we have to work out. Uh, and I, I wrote down here, failure is never final when the Father is in the room. That's a song. Uh, I must have been listening to a song or something. But, you know, to go back and look and see what God, my scripture that day was, because I am righteous, I will see when I awake. I will see you face to face and I will be satisfied. Isaiah 58, 9. Now, that's just an example. And I don't go back much in my journals. I haven't picked that up since I finished it. But it really is cool to go back and remember, man, that was a promise God gave me that day. And, and I don't know how you work, but God gives me enough for today. 
I could go back and show you what I got today. But I, you know, I need it every day because what the manna that I got back in February is not good for today. What, is, what happened to the manna? It rotted. You couldn't save it. So you've got to do it on a daily basis. That's why we, from the pulpit, my brother Steve teaches you to pray, get you a system, get you a plan, and, and you know, do it. Write your prayers. It's, it's, it's simple. I love it because I can do it. Some of this other stuff, I'm just not that organized. You know, I'm not. Let me share this with you. I'm going to give you a, a picture of what happens. And if you've prayed, you'll get this part. The number one challenge that we have is distractions. Right? I went around your table, but I can you can probably label each one of those things you talked about distractions, whether it's young children or whatever. It's, it's just even when you find a quiet place, okay? Let me tell you what happens to you because I know what happens. But I finally got a term. I went on a spiritual disciplines retreat last April, and I got a term from the guy that was leading it, and this is it. What we call those are jumping monkeys. How many of you have ever been praying and your mind jumps over here to what job you're going to today or what your boss said? You know, we have jumping monkeys come in all the time while we're trying to pray and get us distracted. And so now every time a jumping monkey comes in, how many of you have ever been praying? I've been praying, you know, Lord, and all of a sudden I end over here and I'm thinking about that deer track I saw or you know, I'm Saturday, I'm going to be in a tree stand. And, you know, and, I, and then I come back and I go, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, that's a jumping monkey. That's a distraction that has come in on my spiritual time. We all have it. We don't like to admit it, but it's a discipline to do what? To return. Don't let the jumping monkeys distract you from what is the most important thing. Now, what do they do to us? This is what they do. They grab our attention. They distract us from our focus. They disturb our concentration. They mess with our mindfulness. I mean, you've been trying to walk with the Lord and pray, and then all of a sudden you think about something your boss said. You know, I wonder if he's mad at me. You know, Brother Steve, he walked past me today and didn't didn't say anything. He had a kind of a scowl on his face. He he must be mad with me. He must have known knew he must know that I chewed Tim Shelton out today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, isn't it amazing what your mind can do? And you have these thoughts, and sometimes they're not even your thought. These thoughts come from, from nowhere. And, you know, sometimes things hit us and we get angry. Another thing I uh, learned on this retreat is anger is a secondary emotion. Uh, 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 stay with me. I know some of you got anger problems. You have to. In a, in a room with men this big but here's what i learned anger is a secondary emotion fear hurt and frustration usually quickly lead to anger and i had an aha moment now i've always had an anger problem because i'm very competitive i don't know maybe there's somebody here competitive but i don't like to lose and i get angry when i lose but when I start to get frustrated at home, and I get frustrated because I'm married to a person opposite of me, and that frustration, all right, it's not that I'm an angry person, but I am frustrated. So now when I start to get frustrated, what do I do? Be careful. 
Anger is right around the corner. And what happens when you get angry? Well, you can either respond or react. What do you do? with your? I usually react, and I dread, I dread it. I mean, I regret it. So, you know, sometimes your anger comes from a hurt. Maybe there's a pain in your heart that you've just not dealt with. And this is a, you, listen, you unveiled pains and wounds. There might be a wound in your heart from your family, from your dad, from a situation at work, and it's tender. You know, for me, I was a performer. I was a, you know, I played ball, and if I didn't win, it was all about winning. Because if you didn't win, you didn't, you know, so I got to be real careful. It's not about winning and losing. But occasionally that little sore spot, you know, pinching on me and, I, you know, this fight comes out, this anger, this, you know. So you got to stay on the journey, you know, and don't give up. You know, the results of all this, you know, you either, when anger hits, you either withdraw or attack, right? Some of us withdraw. I, I tend to withdraw, shut down. But some of you attack, all right? And, you know, you got a, got a chance, you know, usually when anger comes, flight, what is it? Uh, fight, flight, or freeze. The three Fs, fight, flight, or freeze. So I don't know how you respond to that, but I'm just saying God can equip you and help you with it. They say that 70, these researchers say that 70%, 70 of our thoughts are negative. That really struck me. I thought, gosh, are 70% of my thoughts negative? So you got to train your mind. That's that's why we spend time alone with the Lord. That's why we get these promises. That's why we we pray to to set our minds right and then in the right direction. This I'll take this this journal has a place back here and again I don't use anything like it's totally designed. It has a place to reflect. I'm not doing very good at reflection, but I will take this to the worship center and I'll take notes of sermons. Uh Back in the, just so I've got it. If God speaks in, in the sermon, I'll write something down. I know, you know, that's what, uh, so this is kind of my, it is a journal, but it's kind of where I, if I hear something good or God speaks to me, I'll write it down in my journal and use it and have it with me. And uh, it's just a, t a good tool to do. Now, the reflection part, uh, before I do that, and then we'll kind of close down here. This next slide, I just, I really, I really hope and I pray that you'll give it a try. Change some of your spiritual rhythms. Some of you have been doing it a long time. Maybe you need to change it up. Maybe you're a music guy. Maybe you do best out in nature. But start to make journaling a part of what... Is, when God speaks to you, you need to write it down. You need to, you, you need to be on the journey. This next slide says this. Go to the next one. Practice, practice, practice His presence. I tell... Uh, my, I told somebody the other day, I said, you know, I do really good in the mornings, but it, usually about 10 o'clock I start to wane. 
<laughs> you know, I might get frustrated or I feel this frustration, you know. Yeah. How many of you know sometimes your quiet time kind of wears out, doesn't it? Okay. I can be in, so, and then all of a sudden here comes the, the flaming darts, the missiles and, and the warfare. And, and sometimes it catches you by surprise. You're not even thinking about it. It comes out of nowhere. You're just like, oh my gosh. And, and what do we do? We react. We don't respond. We, we react and we usually get angry. And and you can lose your testimony in a minute. How many of you are happy for the grace and the mercy of God? Amen. Amen. Yes, we are. And uh, so this next exercise, and, and I'm working on at the end of the day, trying to do a little bit better of reflecting. I'm usually just so wore out at the end of the day. Uh, when I crawl in bed, I will say a prayer and just thank the good Lord. But I need to do a little bit more reflection. That's not a strength of, that I have. But I love the mornings. You know, 5 o'clock, and I'm up. Today, 4 o'clock, I had some preparation to do. But I love the mornings. I'm fine. Now, the witching hour is near. Uh, but I love the mornings because that's that's my sweet spot. And, and I, I don't give up my mornings because I, I love, I, I have to have that to make it through the day. And so reflection is, is a good thing. What I've given you is another card that has on the back of it is, is a prayer of examine. This was developed by the Jesuits, but it's really, really good. And it's a good track for you to follow. If you don't have a track you're following in the morning in your quiet time, I didn't put all the card up there. But it gives you kind of a a pathway to start. Maybe you maybe you just maybe you're not even doing a time with God, you know. Uh, but it gives you a chance to run down, rejoice, recount, replay. I love the last number seven, where it says reboot, anticipate new opportunities to reflect your Lord. You know, just just the idea of waking up that I have a new opportunity today to reflect what God has given me. And you can do that at the end of the day, or you can do that at the beginning of the day. You know, we have to get to the point where we repent, and you have to be honest with yourself. You have to be you have to look at your heart. Uh, I did a whole thing in the fall about, it's called The Unhindered Heart was the book, but, you know, I found, you know, if you start looking down in there, guys, you, I've never been before the Lord where He said, you know, Drew, you're good. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's somebody in the room. Uh, Brother Steve's over there, so I know he's not. But you know, he might be the closest. Uh, you know, Gaines, you're good. No, uh, you know, he comes to us. He, we were in a meeting this afternoon with him. He said, "You know, I'm sorry, I did this, and I, I just, you know, I need to." Didn't he, Jason? Are you listening back there, Jason? Jason's not listening, but. Uh, hears this all the time. D weren't we with Brother Steve today? And he said, man, I shouldn't have done this and this and that. But he has a repentive heart. Even in a small meeting today, there was something bothering him. He said, you know, I'm, I'm working on that. I'm really working on that. You know, I, I tell you, that's the kind of heart I want. When I offend somebody, I want to be, and if he says something or doesn't, He's come to me before and said, man, I shouldn't say, I'm sorry. I was not being mean, but I probably was. But, you know, would you forgive me? And I said, you know, don't worry about it. I'm good. You know, he goes, no. You, and I forgive you. We'll go on. So anyway, it's it's the process 
It's the rhythm that you have in your spirit. If God's not answering your prayers, maybe you need, maybe He's doing something with your heart. Maybe He's not ready to answer that prayer. Change your spiritual rhythms. I love this little prayer that I gave you. And if nothing else, take this in the morning and just repeat it. I, I say this often. I got this at this spiritual retreat and it's, it's really uh, ministered to me. One other thing I wanted to say, you know, just because you have a thought, don't we have thoughts that just stream all the time? Right? Just come by. Have you ever had a thought and go, where did that come from? I've, I've had thoughts before and go, you know, I'm a pastor. I, I shouldn't be thinking that. You know? Or, you know, it, they just come and you just go, where did that come from? You don't have to entertain the thought. What happens is you, it, you're going to have thoughts. It's when you reach up there and grab them out of the stream and pull them down and start to meditate on them and start to, you take that thought. What does the Bible say? Take every thought captive to what? The obedience of Christ. What happens with that evil thought that you take captive and you bring it down? What does it lead to? Sin. It's just, that, that's what it is. You know, we're all men here, I think. Everybody's here. That's, that's the way it is with sexual sin. You take that thought, that pornography, that, and you take captive to it, you hold it, you bring it down. It's just like a snowball. And what happens? Before you know it, you have lustful thoughts. You, you know, we sin, and you just go, how, what, how did I get there? Well, you took the thought, you held on to it, you focused on it. And we as the men of God should take captive the thoughts to obedience to Christ. The obedience would say, no, that's, that's not of God. That's not a blessing. That's false. That's going to lead me. How many of you have ever said, and sometimes in sin you go, ah, I know if I do that, I'm going to be, I'm, I know that's a sin. And sometimes, you know, you do it anyway, right? And then you just have to go, oh, Lord, aren't you glad that God is a God of grace and mercy? And he loved, listen, you are his sons. I love my sons and there's not much. I, I mean, we've had some times and different things, but I always love my, even when I'm disappointed, I love them. But God loves you more than I love my children. That's hard for me to imagine. Hard for you to understand. So listen to this prayer. This is a great prayer to start your morning off. And then I'll turn it back to the table so you guys can talk a few minutes if you want to, and then we got to go. It's on the back of your card. Read with me. All right, let's go. Dear Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Come to my assistance and make haste to help me. Thank you for loving me. I love you too. Help me to choose courage, to fear not, fret not, and faint not. Please continue to cleanse my mind and create in me a pure heart. Help me to become a man that you can trust for your honor and glory. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm just telling you, men, 
you pray that prayer a few times a day. Stick this in your Bible. When you get a chance along the way, you just pray that prayer. Next week, we're going to talk about obedience. All right? Action through our prayers, through our obedience. It'll be a good session on developing some spiritual disciplines. Thank you all for being here. I'm going to turn it back to your table host if you all want to talk a little bit. All right? Thank you.